What's up, everybody, and welcome to Nerd Pool Podcast presents Wipe That Smark Off Your Face. Yes, that's right. It's that time when we go into professional wrestling. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 7,977th favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And on today's episode of Wipe That Smark Off Your Face, I'm going to be counting down my, yes, this is my, I'm going to repeat one more time for the people who just jump into conversations and want to say that I am completely wrong and call me all kinds of names, my top 10 best talkers in pro wrestling history. And since I, I mean, I've seen a lot of pro wrestling uh, from the past and the history, but I'm taking this list off the guys that I grew up on, the guys that I seen, the guys that I have heard, the guys that I love, the ones that just caught my attention and kept me just enthralled the entire time they had a microphone in their face and their hand or anything like that. So again, I'm going to say it one more time. This is my top 10 professional wrestling's best talkers. We're going to jump in right at number 10 with Raven. Raven, a.k.a. Scotty Levy, was Johnny Polo in the WWE, and he didn't really hit his stride mic-wise until he got into ECW and actually became Raven, his subsequent jump from ECW to WCW, back to ECW into the WWE. Raven always had a, a methodical way of speaking. He is very well educated, very well spoken. He could talk in dark, ominous tones. He could always grasp you and pull you in with just the, sim- the simplest of notions, the simplest of questions. And he always used his ability to kind of play with your play with your mind. He used his voice and his analytical skills to kind of talk and bring you in and and just invade your mind he was a very well spoken like i said man on the mic he was dark he was ominous he was very secretive in what he did and the character that he portrayed at that time was a 90 you know a 90s grunge era professional wrestler the outcast the guy who you picked on in high school the guy who never had any friends and it worked so well, and he was so good on the microphone. And as a kid, growing up watching him, he just kept me enthralled every time he was on the microphone. I thought it was just so interesting, the character that he portrayed. And even everywhere he went, he had his flock or his nest, his group of wrestlers that he just seemed to control like a little cult with his words. And it just it worked so great for his character. He wasn't he, – he had a charisma that was all his own. It wasn't a Hulk Hogan-type charisma or it wasn't a very intense type charisma. It was just a methodical, in-your-face, mind-games-type charisma that not a lot of people had, and you have some people that kind of mimic that a little bit now. Uh, Dean Ambrose is one of them. But Raven always kept me engaged on the microphone. And so I'm going to put him on this list, even though if you look, he is not on the top ten list of a lot of places. Moving on to number nine is one of the, probably the most recent he is the most recent person that is going to be on this list, and that is CM Punk. CM Punk was always good on the mic. He was always someone who wanted to be the best in the world. He wanted to prove that he was the best, and he said it in the ring or on the microphone. He never looked like the traditional pro wrestling star. Nobody would ever really give him the opportunity or the chance. He didn't have the look. They didn't think he had the the ability to be a top draw. There was only one person that saw anything in him, and that was Paul Heyman. 
And Paul Heyman gave him the opportunity and fought for him. And CM Punk took the opportunity and ran with it. If there's ever been a, an example of grabbing the brass ring, it was CM Punk. Now, on the microphone, he always just told it like it was. You know, he wasn't a guy that would do go out and do a traditional pro wrestling promo. He was more of a, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you what I feel. And you're going to listen and you're going to be engaged because of how I'm doing it. Everybody can relate to because a lot of people feel that need of them being held down, of them not being appreciated when they're doing everything they can. And CM Punk just brought that out. He personified that on a microphone and when he talked. His pipe bomb promo against John Cena when he was leaving the WWE originally and they gave him a microphone to say air your grievances is one of the most talked about segments in pro wrestling history. When he goes off on Vince McMahon, he breaks the fourth wall, name dropping names like Colt Cabana and Ring of Honor, basically just saying everything he's ever felt. And during that promo, if you go back to it, he is shitting on the entire audience. He is telling them that they're the reason he's leaving, that they are not worthy of him being there, they don't respect him, they don't love him, you know, they don't want him there, they don't buy his merchandise, they'd rather buy a John Cena t-shirt or something, you know, and just feed the machine instead of helping someone like him. And as he is continually crapping on the audience, they are still cheering him. And to this day, you still hear CM Punk chant, not just because of his in-ring ability, but because of the promo skills that he brought to the business. The promo skills was a, a something we hadn't seen in a long time. In the days today of them handing you a script and saying, read this line for line, to have somebody who would throw the script at them and say, I'm not doing that, give me a microphone, let me talk. He talked you into the seat, and it was an amazing thing to watch. He is one of the best promo guys in the history of professional wrestling. Love him or hate him, no matter what, he will always be regarded in that aspect to me and to millions of other pro wrestling fans moving on is someone who kind of had the 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 sam punk type feel way back before when but on a different level and that is the franchise shane douglas now shane douglas is not going to be on most people's list but shane douglas was a very technical wrestler and on the mic he was another sam punk type he was sam punk before sam punk was he would just go out there and he would blast everybody he could he didn't care what you thought he didn't care what anybody said he didn't care about the politics he didn't care that it might screw him down the road he aired his grievances he aired his dirty laundry and when he did it he said it with such passion and such vigor and such just animosity that you couldn't help but just listen to every word he said and you would be hanging off of it he was an incredible, incredible heel. He could get heat like almost nobody could because he could generally get under your skin by talking just about your favorite wrestlers and just berating them and calling them names and just downplaying them and saying how much better he was of them and that they all held him down. Now, whether they did hold him down or not, I don't know the truth behind any of it. But on the microphone with him berating just from Ric Flair to Vince McMahon to Shawn Michaels, all of that, even as a kid, I was just I was just glued to him. Now, granted, part of it was he does, he's the one that doesn't shy away from you dropping F-bombs and things like that. He is not opposed to having just profan, profanity-laden promos. 
And I think that's one thing that kind of brought people to him because it seems more real. When you're pissed off at someone, when you're that angry at someone, you're not going to say, well, gee, golly, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat your butt. You're going to go out there and you're saying, I'm going to kick your ass, you piece of shit, you know. And that's that's what Shane Douglas did. Shane Douglas never held back when it came to being a a promo guy. He never held back. He always let it all hang out there. And that's why, to me, Shane Douglas deserves to be on the list of best promo guys in the business, especially of the somewhat, you can say, modern era, especially during the Attitude Era. And moving on next to number seven is someone who's been around from ECW to WCW to WWE, and he has changed so much, not just his in-ring work, but his promo skills, and he's one of the greatest of all time in any aspect, and that is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho in WCW, Oh, let me go back farther than that. Chris Jericho, when he started in Smoky Mountain Wrestling at uh, with Jim Cornette, he didn't know what he was doing. He was playing this this goofy, you know, baby face that was, you know, a rocker, and he was just young and stupid, and he played that well. He goes to WCW. They make him a, a baby face where he's spitting these white meat baby face promos, and while it's not his character, it's not him. He gets it over. And then when he becomes heel Jericho in WCW, he hits his stride. Calling people the wrong names. Coming up with catchphrases, Monday Night Jericho. When his his entrance into all that, his, the, the laden promos that he did on Dean Malenko, one of his most famous promos and one of the most famous promos ever is when he did the thousand and four, Man of a Thousand and Four Holes and he sat there naming off holes that every other one was armbar, you know, the the Canadian nut twister, armbar, right punch, armbar, left punch, armbar. And he did this through a commercial break, comes back, he's still doing it. It got major heat and he got everything over. Jericho has been one that has always been able to get over on the microphone as a babyface or a heel. He changes his style up every time he is on the mic. Every heel run is different than the last heel run. Every babyface run is different than the last babyface run. To a point to where when he came back the third t- or the second time for the WWE, he didn't say anything for a month. His promos were nothing. He didn't talk. And it got over. Chris Jericho on the mic has charisma. He is methodical. He is v- very intelligent. He knows what draws heat. He knows what draws babyface sympathy. And if you look at his work now, even in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it is just amazing at what he has been able to accomplish, being able to let the reins go back a little bit, not be so PG. He's completely reinvented his character again, not just in the ring, but on the microphone. He is more vicious, he is more violent, he is more profanity-laden, and it is working so well. Chris Jericho was, is, and always will be regarded as one of the best promo guys in the business. He was, is, and always will be regarded as one of the best overall performers in professional wrestling. And growing up, watching Jericho and WCW, I loved Jericho. I laughed at Jericho. I thought he was just amazing in his ability to just taunt people and make fun of people. And when he called people the wrong name constantly on purpose, it just it, it gave me the biggest chuckle as a kid. When I showed, saw him show up on Monday Night Raw and do a promo against The Rock, 
I got chills, and I still get goosebumps watching that promo, watching the countdown clock, watching him come in and watching him hold his own on the microphone against The Rock, who is one of the best promo guys and who, you know, surprisingly isn't on this list. Not that there's anything against it, but I went for guys that I like. So The Rock is not going to be on this list. But he held his own against The Rock, who is regarded against many as one of the best promo guys in the business. Chris Jericho is great on the microphone and the aspect of his ability to change his character and his ability to work whatever crowd he's in front of, whether it's 10 or 10,000, he knows how to get over. And it's not just his ability in the ring, it's his microphone skills and ability that come along with it. Moving on next, we're going to a little old school, and I didn't get to see the best runs of this, but I got to see some of it, and that was Dusty Rhodes, the son of a plumber, baby. That's right, man. There You put hard times on Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was the blue-collar guy. He was the one that every wrestling fan watched could relate to because he wasn't Ric Flair. He wasn't the flashy, gaunt, you know, wearing Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, jet flying, limousine riding, you know, guy. He was the blue-collar son of a plumber. And watching him cut a promo just seemed so real. Because it seemed like something me or you would do. And I know there's a few people on this list I've said that have had that you could connect to. But everybody could connect to Dusty Rhodes as a guy who did not look like a professional wrestler. But had all the charisma in the world on the microphone and in the ring. People loved him. And if you just go back to look at one promo of his that is just iconic. And to this day is regarded as one of the best promos in the history of professional wrestling. This has got to be one or two, and that is the Hard Times promo that he put out. When Ric Flair and them, he said they put Hard Times on Dusty Rhodes, go watch that promo, and you will see right there how good Dusty Rhodes is, how he brought you in, how you could just love the guy for everything he was. You could not hate Dusty Rhodes after that promo because he basically put out there and he showed you what it's like when when you get beat down, you got to get back up. You got to you got to go out there and you got to fight. And he said it even with the lisp, even with the lisp, baby. He 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 just he has that charisma that that draws you into the microphone. And no, I'm probably doing a bad Dusty Rhodes impression here. I love Dusty Rhodes. He is one of the greatest of all time. I had to put him on this list. He is on everybody's list. There's not one professional wrestling promo guy list out there that does not have Dusty Rhodes on that list. If they are, they are dumb. They do not know professional wrestling. Dusty Rhodes, rest in peace. You are an absolute legend, my friend. Moving on to number five is one that a lot of people forget about. A lot of people don't put him on lists because they, they see him as the, the, the puppy guy or the color commentator or the goofy, you know, I'm always for the women, Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry the King Lawler was never the greatest professional wrestler. He he was a Hulk Hogan type to where he didn't have the best moveset, but he knew the psychology. And when he got on the microphone, he was so great at what he did. When he was a heel, he made you hate him. He was the most hated man in professional wrestling when he was a heel. When he was a face, he was the most over baby face there could ever be. Now, a lot of people didn't get to see Jerry Lawler, like I said, they see him as the color commentator for WWE, the guy who sat next to JR and just yelled puppies all the time. 
go back and watch. Go on YouTube because it's not on the WWE Network. Go on YouTube and just put in Jerry Lawler Memphis Wrestling promos and listen to him talk. Listen to the the intensity he has, the calmness he has, and just listen to the way he can work a crowd. He works a crowd so beautifully to the point to where Memphis was the last territory in the territory system that when WWE was buying everybody out, when WCW was the second running and NWA was gone, Memphis stayed around because of Jerry the King Lawler. Lawler sold out the Coliseum, which was 10,000 plus people for a wrestling event on Monday nights. He sold out the Coliseum more than anybody in the history of the world. He sold it out more than Elvis Presley, who's from the same place that Jerry Lawler did. Watching Jerry Lawler on Saturday morning wrestling was such a treat for me. Whether you hated him, whether you loved him, whether you don't like how he is in personal, whatever. On TV and on a microphone, if you put it in front of him, he is one of the best talkers in professional wrestling history. And he does not get the respect he deserves because a lot of people just see him, like I said, as the WWE color commentator. Go on YouTube, watch his promos, and watch how he talked your ass into the seat every Monday night to sell out the Coliseum almost every Monday night. 10,000 plus people selling out constantly off of one man talking you into the arena. And that was Jerry the King Law. If you want to talk about putting butts in the seats, you want to talk about your Hulk Hogan's, you want to talk about anything like that, Jerry Lawler was the epitome of that. He could talk you into the seat. The man could sell a, a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. He was just that good, that slick tongue, that sharp, and that witty. And Jerry Lawler is going to be a legend. He does not get the respect he deserves. Yes, I gush over Lawler in this respect because he does not get that praise that he deserves for what he's done to for professional wrestling and for Memphis professional wrestling in general, as he's the one that kept the territory running as long as it did off of his name alone. Moving on after that is number four, Mick Foley. What more can you say? Everybody loved Mick Foley. Mick Foley, again, was the guy that was not supposed to be a professional wrestler. He was not supposed to be over like he did, but he connected with the fans because of the earnest ability of his promos. Whether it was the Mankind-laden promo where it was dark and sinister and, and just psychologically torturing. Whether it was Cactus Jack and he was the hardcore legend that was just brutal and screaming bang-bang, which got over. Him going bang-bang got over to this day still sells t-shirts with that slogan off a simple bang-bang. Or he was Dude Love. You know, the, the cool hipster guy who was, you know, stuck in the 70s and just wanted to be a heartthrob. Or he was regular Mick Foley. He He's a, a very intelligent man. His promos were all real. His promos were all on point. He brought you into the story that he was trying to tell psychologically. He brought you into the story he was trying to tell emotionally. And you can always hear in his voice that he tried his damnedest to make everyone... Everyone leave the show happy. Whether he was wrestling or whether he was just cutting a promo, he was trying his best to make everyone remember him and leave there happy with what they saw. He put his body on the line. He put his health on the line, yes. But his ability to talk you into the seat, his ability to bring you in and engage you 
and and make you feel for him or whatever he was talking about was an amazing ability that not a lot of people can do and his stint from ECW and the Kane Dewey storyline all the way up through his run in the WWE and even in the TNA to when his body wasn't allowing him to do the same things but his voice was still engaging you his voice was still taking you on a roller coaster ride up and down it's simply amazing and from his stand up now to anything he does Mick Foley is always great and he's a, a fabulous storyteller from his books to his stand ups and you will always be loved and I thank you for everything you've given me because you taught me that you didn't have to be you know a perfect person to make your dreams come true. He was the one he was one of the people that taught me that your dreams can come true if you work hard for it. Moving on to number 3, Rowdy Roddy Piper. What can you say about him? The man was a phenomenal heel. The man drew more heat than probably anybody could draw in professional wrestling history. Roddy Piper was just from painting his body half black to hitting Jimmy Snooker with a coconut, his his sharp-witted tongue, his insults, his ability to make you hate him with a microphone in his hand was amazing. And I said that about a lot of these guys. Like I use the word amazing because like, all these guys are incredible. Roddy Piper was on his own level when it came to drawing heat. That's what he was best at. When he worked as a baby face, it could work. But when he was a heel and he was trying to get you to hate him, it did not take a lot. He would insult you, your mom, your wife, your kids, your family history, your car, your pet. Roddy Piper didn't care. Roddy Piper went out there knowing what his job was. And he delivered in droves on a microphone. Go look at any promo he's ever cut. And I don't think the man's ever cut a bad professional wrestling promo. I really don't think he has. I cannot remember one. And growing up, I hated Piper and loved Piper at the same time because of the way he talked. I didn't get to see him wrestle the kind of style that he did as he was getting older at the time and wasn't able to move because of injuries. He didn't couldn't wrestle the same way, but he could still talk. And man, oh man, can Roddy Piper talk. And rest in peace to him. We lost him way too soon. Because to this day, even if, if he was still alive, he would still be cutting some of the best professional wrestling promos in the history of professional wrestling. He's just that damn good. Moving on to number two is probably my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Even he's had tons of problems with addiction and everything, which I'm not getting into. But going into his promo style, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts was a guy that never raised his voice. He always had that that sinister, methodical tone to where he would, even when he would talk, he would talk and then he'd bring it down. And he always seemed kind of scary to me and I loved it because he was the one that he would always, he'd quote Bible verses and even when he was telling you he was going to kick your ass, even when he was telling you that you wouldn't make it out alive, he never raised his voice. He always kept a docile tone like this when he was speaking. And it was so beautiful. Because especially coming up when he was making it in the WWE 
and you had people like Hogan and Warrior and Savage and these just intense laden, well, you know something mean gene type promos. The ones where you're just so amped up and it's like you you it's like you 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 smoke meth and drank seven Red Bulls. You know, you just had to be that intense guy. He wasn't that. He was methodical, he was psychological, and he played it kind of like a Hannibal Lecter to where he didn't need to raise his voice to get his point across. And he said to himself, when he talked like he did, it brought you in. You wanted to know what he was saying. You would have to lean a little bit closer to hear because he, he would talk not in a whisper but just in a docile tone. And it was so intriguing. It was so scary, suspicious. It was just incredible. And I always loved Jake the Snake Roberts. I still to this day love Jake the Snake Roberts. Through all the issues he's had, through you know the addictions, through the problems with his family, through everything, he was always one of my favorite professional wrestlers. I always wondered what could have happened had he had not gone down the road he did. Where would he have been? He could have been one of the biggest stars ever simply from his ability to talk. Simply from his ability to make you notice him when they put a microphone in front of his face. He always had that tone that just made you want to listen. Made you want to know what he was going to say. Because when he talked, it was serious. When he talked, it was real. And when he talked, you knew that you were going to get something special from Jake Snake Roberts. Now, on the opposite end of that spectrum, we are going into the number one and the best talker, in my opinion, in pro wrestling history. And, of course, it's everybody's. It's Ric Flair. Come on. The limousine riding. Diamond ring wearing. Rolex wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, and I got a hard time putting these gators down. Ric Flair is the best promo guy in history because he lived the character. That was not just a character on TV. Everybody says the best professional wrestling character is when someone takes their personality and dials it up to 11. Well, Ric Flair, when he became the Nature Boy Ric Flair, dialed that up to 1,000 and lived it. Watch the 30 for 30 and you'll see what I'm talking about. The man lived everything he said. He never once facilitated something he wasn't about. When he said he wore Rolexes, he did. When he said he wore, you know, $500 suits, he wore $500 suits. When he flew around in the private Learjet, he flew around in the private Learjet. When he said he was making love to all these women and they were riding Space Mountain, he was making love to women and they were riding Space Mountain. Ric Flair didn't have to play a character because that was Ric Flair and Ric Flair's promos are iconic. Ric Flair's promos make you want to be Ric Flair. He got so intense in his promos over the littlest thing dropping elbows on his own suit jacket, stripping naked completely on Nitro and cutting promos. The man was just a genius. He, he was so enthralled in his character, and because of that, he was able to portray that character in the best way possible. On the microphone, Ric Flair could not be touched. I don't think anybody could have could match Ric Flair on the microphone. All these great promo guys I just named, all the ones I haven't named, Ric Flair blows them all out of the water. Why? Because, like I said, that was him. 
He wasn't playing a character that was him. And it's easy to speak from the heart, and it's easy to speak into a character when you are that character. And so that's why Ric Flair will be considered the greatest promo guy in pro wrestling history, the greatest mic worker in pro wrestling history. There's bar none, nobody better. You can talk about your Rocks, you can talk about your Austins, your Hulk Hogan's, I can, you can talk about your Mick Foley's and your Jake Roberts and your Dusty Rhodes. Everybody I just named, none of them can touch Ric Flair on the microphone. None of them. He was just that damn good. When it comes to being a worker on the microphone, he is the best in the world to call a line from CM Punk. No one will touch Ric Flair. If you want to argue, if you think anybody is better, go watch his promos on the WWE Network. Go watch his promos on YouTube or anywhere you can watch them, and you will see that Ric Flair is by far the greatest promo guy and mic worker in professional wrestling history. And as always, he has probably the most recognizable catchphrase in pro wrestling history. And I'm not talking about the diamond ring wearing, Rolex wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing. I'm talking about one word that when you say it, everybody knows what it means because no one else has been able to get it over or use it without everybody thinking it's his. And that, of course, is woo! The man wooed and got it over for all these many decades. That right there should prove to you that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be on a microphone. Sorry, Bret Hart. That's going to be it. Thank you guys for listening. If you have... Anybody I missed, anybody that you think should have been on this list, if you want to argue, debate it, whatever, follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. Hit me up with the hashtag best in the business. Follow me on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. Follow me on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. And as always, thank you guys for all the love and all the support. Go click that like button. Go hit that subscribe button. Leave me a review. Leave me a rating. Tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what you did like. Until next time, that's NerdPool for this week. See ya. Okay, what is that?